Matthew chapter 3 is where we're going to be in the reading of God's Word. I hope you've been praying about your burden this week for the lost. I hope you've been reading your Bibles. We've got enough of them stacked up in the house. Surely we can take them out and read them. Can I get an amen? amen. Matthew chapter 3 We'll break right in at the first verse. The Bible says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he which was spoken by the prophet Elias, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Father, as we come to you right now in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the scripture. We pray, God, that you open our ears of hearing and our hearts of understanding today. I pray for every soul that's in this building, God, that you'll speak to them today. And if they're lost without you, that today will be the day. Lord, they'll come and give their lives to you before it's eternally too late. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Thank you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. amen. You can be seated. Let's read on. Verse 5. Then went out him, Jerusalem, and Jude all of Judea, and all the regions round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Look at verse 13. Then came Jesus. I underlined that in my Bible. Because <laughs> if Jesus don't show up, we might as well go to the house this morning. I'm glad I'm having a good time. I don't know about you, but I feel good in the Lord this morning. But the Bible says, Then came Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? Listen what Jesus had to say to him. He said, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it be becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus went, or when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, the Bible says, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased." We can see here in this chapter the similitude of baptism that John is talking about to us as believers. And when we get born again, we don't need to be ashamed, but we need to do and follow the examples of our Lord Jesus that went to the water and was baptized by John. And you can read in this chapter and you can see how that it describes John and who he was. 
talked about him being looking like a wild man, you know, wearing camel hair and, and leather and eating locusts and wild honey. I ain't never looked at a locust and went, mm, sure like to have some of that. Give me some wild honey. Probably had to have the wild honey to kill the taste. But the Bible says that's what he eat. And he preached and he told them, repent ye therefore and be baptized. Notice that when he said to repent ye in verse two, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They're to repent and to be baptized. Don't get the cart before the horse. You don't get baptized and then repent. You don't go to the water and get saved and baptized and all. You get saved when the Holy Spirit of God draws you. If you came this morning, woke up and said, I'm going to the church house to get saved today. Without the drawing of the Holy Spirit of God, you came in here a sinner, you'll leave a sinner without the drawing power of the Holy Spirit. You can't be saved just any time you want to. He, the Holy Spirit, must be dealing with your heart. And what happens when that starts working in you? You begin to get broken hearted. You're sorry for the sinner that you are. You have a contrite spirit that shows up. It makes you realize you want to be a different person than you've always been. When those two things start happening in your life, you're a candidate for salvation. If you'll come unto him, he'll save your soul. Can I hear from you this morning? The key verse in this scripture, as I begin to study it and begin to read it, God began to speak to me out of verse three. He said, for this is he that was spoken of the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way. The Lord has called us to prepare the way. I'm telling you this morning, there's a way that's been prepared for you and I that are saved, you and I that are lost. We must come through Jesus Christ. We must be born again. There's no other way uh, to the Lord, to heaven, is but through and by the living Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way that we're gonna see this place called heaven. Uh, 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 a senior preacher, uh, I met with him in his home about a month ago, and he'd been part of a denomination that I won't say this morning, but he'd been part of a denomination for uh, about 28 years and pastored many churches. And he was sitting there, and he was brokenhearted talking to me, and he said, Preacher, I got a packet in the mail from our denomination. And he said it was about an inch thick giving us all the rules and regulations and things they were changing to and believing now as this denomination. And he said, and when I pulled it out, the first page said, we will no longer teach or preach that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. He said, all I done was slip that back into the paper, took it over to the trash can and throw the whole thing in the garbage. I said, praise the Lord, good for you, brother. I would have done the same thing. Without Jesus, we can't have a church. Without Jesus, we couldn't have a Bible. Without Jesus, they wouldn't be a heaven. He come and made a way for you and I till we can go be with him one day after a while. This old world will teach you God is love. And yes, he is. 
but the God we talk about and the God they're talking about is two different gods. Now you can say God all day long and people don't get too offended, but at the name of Jesus, you'll stir some people up. A lot of people want to say that Jesus was just a good man. Jesus might have been just a prophet. He wasn't the Savior. I'm telling you this morning, without the shedding of blood, the Bible said there's no remission for sin. There's only been one man. That's, the, uh, that's God in the flesh through Jesus Christ that shed his precious blood. He's the only hope for this world. He's the only hope for this nation. He's the only hope for this church is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. This morning, this is the key verse when he said, prepare ye the way. In the first part of that verse, he says, it was the voice of one crying out. That's why my voice is elevated this morning. I want to cry out to you and tell you, Jesus is the only way. We need to cry out aloud in these last days and get serious with people. I promise you if you're down to the ball game and your grandchildren and your children are playing ball and they're winning on their team, you'll cry out in support of those. And so you should. But I'll tell you what, a long time ago, there was a great man that went to an old rugged cross and paid for my sins on an old rugged cross and he saved my unworthy soul. So I'm gonna cry out and tell you, ye must be born again this morning. You must be born again. Isaiah 58, one. The Bible says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions in the house of Jacob and their sin. We raise our voice, we elevate because God gives us the leadership to elevate and to tell you there's a real heaven to gain and a real hell to shun. Hell is just as real as heaven is. Without hell, there's no heaven. Without heaven, there's no hell. I'm telling you, you're going someplace one day after a while. But John told us to cry loud. In that same verse, he said to prepare. In Mark 1, 2, he says, as it is written in, in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. I want to tell you this morning, I'm giving you the word of God. I'm giving you what thus saith the word of God, but you better not take my word for it. You better get in the book and read it for yourself this morning. Because Jesus said, to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. It's not about what you think or what grandma believed or papa believed, but you better get in the book and find out what the Bible says about it. If it don't back it in this right here, here, you ought to get away from it. If it don't back in these scriptures and you can follow it with the word of God, I'd get away from it. If I was under somebody teaching false doctrine, I'd get away from them. If you believe something, you ought to be able to take the word of God and prove it this morning. I've had to change my mind down through the way. 
I got saved at a young age. I listened to preachers, but I listened to what they were saying and I did grow in that and that's what I was supposed to be doing. But all I done was come to church, listen, leave my Bible on the pew and never touch it again till I come back next Sunday and the preacher said, turn to so-and-so. I'd turn it over, read after the preacher, put my Bible up, leave it in the seat and go do my thing all week long. I'll tell you what you're doing. You're starving the inward man to death. We've got to study and to show ourselves approved, not to the preacher, not to the church, but to God. That's what he tells us to do. John's crying out aloud and saying, repent ye. Repent, you all. You need to get right. Repent and prepare. He's preparing the way. He said, there's one coming that's greater than me whose shoe latches I'm not worthy to get down and unloose. He's telling there's one a coming. You need to get right. You need to get born again. I'm telling you there's one a coming. And then all of a sudden while he's baptizing and doing his work for God, all of a sudden he turns around and there he, there he is. He says, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. There was Jesus down at the watering hole where, where John was at. I can imagine how how he felt that day. A couple weeks ago, we was in the baptistry baptizing people, and what a glorious time that is. But I could just imagine if the Savior showed up and asked me to baptize him, I'd say, no, Lord, I need to be baptized of you. And he'd look right at me and say, Gary, suffer it to be so, so people will understand what they need to do. You mean I need to be baptized? You better believe you need to be baptized. If you're born again, if you are not saved, you can go down to the creek and get baptized Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, one day right after the other every single week to all the crawl dads and the worms and the fish know your name. Here she comes again. Here he comes again. They can know you by name, but it doesn't matter if they know you. He better know who you are when you get there. Because if you go in the water a sinner, you'll come out a wet one. This morning, the Bible says ye must be born again. I cry loud this morning to get your attention. The Bible says also in that same verse, verse three, he says to prepare ye the way, prepare ye the way, straight is the way. Over in Matthew 7, 14, he says, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to life everlasting and few there be that find their way therein. We got these two ways. I preached on a message a couple years ago. I may preach it again sometime about the highway to hell. Do you know the highway to hell is a broad one? It's a big old wide road and it's an easy road. It's a road that'll bring you contentment and happiness just for a little while. There's pleasure on that wide road. While there's no obstacles, there's pretty scenery all the way down that road. Suns are shining on the broad road. And I'll, you'll have a lot of people on the broad road and they'll tell you everything's good. Come on down. Ride with us on, I, got, I caught it, Route 1611. You know, they got that route, what is it? 66. 
You better get on Route 1611. There's one of them route that goes, uh, goes this way. Maybe that Route 666 goes that way. We'll use those numbers this morning. Broad is that way. You don't have to go to church. You can live like you want to. You can use all the language, be as crooked and rotten as you want to be, do it your way, have it your way, just like Burger King, have it your way. You can do anything you want to do on the broad way. And there's pleasure in it. The Bible even says there's pleasure in it. It's called sin, but it's just for a short distance. The thing is, the devil don't show you the drop-off at the end of it. The sewer that's at the end of it. All the trouble that's at the end of it. But all oh, he'll paint that pretty highway for you and make it look like, boy, it's something that you want. A lot of folks are on it. Now this narrow way is pretty rough. It ain't a smooth road. It's got a lot of potholes in it. They ain't got it paved real good. And I mean, at times, it about shake your teeth out of your head. Sometimes you'll want to pull off and take a break because it shook you so long, you don't know if you're going to get through it or not. But you know, <laughs> there's a flagman down at the end of it <laughs> waving me on, saying, I know it's rough, but keep on coming. Just keep on hitting them holes. Keep your eyes on me. It's going to work out all right. But Lord, there's this problem and there's that bad place in the road. And I don't know if I can get through that rut. He said, keep your eyes on me. We keep our eyes on him. He gets us through every single rut. I say, Lord, is this ever going to quit? He said, I promise you, I'm going to prepare a place. And if I go to prepare a place, I'll come again and get you off of this old rough road, this narrow road. But this narrow road is leading you somewhere where you least expect. Some place where we cry loud and talk about. John's been talking about it a long time. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Well, it looks like that road preacher would be easy. It is if you'll keep your eyes on the flagman. Because <laughs> you know what he does for me? He guides me around all of those hoes. Come over this way. Now go over that way. And he'll keep telling me which way to go. And I'll keep going that way. And it works out just right. This thing's going to pay off in the end like you don't believe. You can't even understand how good it's going to be when we get to the end of this thing. John's trying to tell us. I'm trying to tell you this morning. I'm crying aloud to tell you, you must be born again. There are denominations that'll teach you their salvation in the water. But you better find out what the book says. There's no salvation in the water. The only salvation is in him. Any work outside of Jesus Christ dying on the cross of Calvary for your sins, for your salvation, you should reject it. Hear me this morning. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am that way. There's a few things I want you to know about baptism and I'll be done. The first thing I want you to know about baptism is baptism is 
It's for believers. It's for believers. And we don't sprinkle here at the church. I don't take a bottle of water, pour it in my hand, and sprinkle you like that. That ain't what we do. We take you back here to the baptism hole, as we call it, and if you tell me you've been born again of the blood of Jesus Christ, then we fill this thing up like this. And we get it real full, and when we bring you in here, we put you under the water. It's called immersion. I've had some I didn't get down too good, and I pushed them on down until I got them completely wet. <laughs> I believe Brother Caden was one of those. <laughs> he got in there that day, and I took him down, and his hair was still dry. And I made sure, whoosh, washed that water right over his head. I want him totally immersed in the water. I ain't going to drown you, but I'm going to get you wet. Because the Bible tells us that baptism is for believers. In Mark 16, verse 15, listen to this. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature that believeth and is baptized shall be saved and he that believeth not shall be damned that's what the Bible says that ain't my words that's Mark chapter 16 verse 15 and 16 it's for believers in Colossians 2 verse 11 he says, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, putting off the body of sin and of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through faith of the operations of God who hath raised him from the dead. You see, when we come up out of that water, it's a, it's a type of resurrection. We go down as an as a outward example to the world that we're dying out to sin, and now we're raised up with Christ to walk in a newness of life. It's an answering of a good conscience to show the world you're not ashamed of what Christ has done in your life. I can promise you this morning if you're here and saved and you've never been born again, there's a hole in your life. You feel like something ain't fully complete. It's because you've not followed what Christ has told you to do. See, in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, the Jewish babies would get circumcised to show their Jewish custom. It was a fleshly example to show their heritage and their custom of being a Jew, okay? But now through the new covenant, which we call baptism, it is, it shows a spiritual example and symbolizes our faith in Christ and shows the world we're not ashamed of what he's done for us. That's what it is. That's what baptism is. The Jews went after a sign. We walk by faith, okay? We don't have to have a physical sign. We've got a spiritual sign. We walk by faith. Does that make sense this morning? 
And that's what baptism is. In Ephesians 2.8, he reminds us that for by grace through faith are you saved. It's not of yourself, it's a gift of God. Salvation is a gift. We're, none of us are worthy of this gift. But because we have received such a precious gift, then we follow his example and we go to the water and get baptized. Somewhere along life's way in our culture, baptism is being pushed out. Say a little prayer, follow the preacher, say a little prayer, you're good to go. Go do whatever you want to. You don't have to go to church anymore. Live any way you want to do. You're saved for heaven. Everything is good. Yes and no. Yes, you're saved for heaven forever. No, you can't live any way you want to. Because if you're truly born again, you'll come out from among that mess and you'll live for God. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit of God will wear you out every time you get out of His will. I'm not talking to people who don't know what I'm talking about. Can I hear from you this morning? If you ain't never got a good spiritual weapon, hang on, it's on your way. Because the Lord loves his people. He said he'd leave the 99 and go after one that goes astray. That means to tell me that if I get out of his will, out into the field, the master is coming after me. And when mommy or daddy came after me, my daddy used to come out on the porch and whistle. And I didn't matter if I was a half a mile away, I could hear that whistle. And in about five minutes, I better show up on the porch because he didn't whistle twice. He whistled one time. And after that whistle, in five minutes, he was on the way. And if I met him halfway, he already had the rod of correction in his hand. And I learned what it meant to not listen to my daddy's whistle. Did you know God's the same way? He loves you and I so much and wants us to walk so close to him that at times we'll stray off and maybe get down close out of his sight and he'll whistle, spiritually speaking. Oh, that's just him. I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. Okay. I promise you. Paydays are coming. I don't like that payday. I said, I don't like that payday. But boy, some of us need it, don't we? We need that correction of the Lord. In Galatians 3, verse 26, For ye all are children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, the Bible says you have put on Christ. I'm glad this morning to tell you that if you've been baptized after salvation, you have fully put on Christ. He has done the work in your life and you have done what he's told you to do. And that's to follow him in believer's baptism. That's why baptism is for believers this morning. It's not for the world, it's for believers. The second reason and why we get baptized is baptism is a commandment. Really? Yes, it is. Baptism is a commandment to the believers. Turn your Bibles over to Matthew 28. 
I could read it to you, but I want you to see it. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. There's a commandment from God through His Word. We're to make disciples. It's a great commission that we go out and tell people, you must be born again. And you need to get baptized. You need to find you a church to go to. You need to read your Bible. You need to pray and seek God's will for your life. We are all called to be his disciples. You may be saying this morning, I don't know the will of God for my life. Well, the first will of God for your life is to be his disciple. Well, I'm a woman. You're, you're called to be his disciple. I'm just a young man. You're called to be his disciple. If you're here this morning, you're born again, you're called to be his disciple. Go ye therefore and teach. Make disciples is what he's saying here. All nations, baptizing them, not just in the name of Jesus. We've heard that before. I've even been told, if you ain't been baptized in Jesus' name, you've been baptized the wrong way. Well, mark this scripture in your verse, in your Bible. You see what it says. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. These three are one. Is that hard to understand? Three different people all representing one God. They're all God. How, I can't hardly understand that. Let me break it down for you. I'm Gary Atkins. My wife is Ravonda Atkins. My daughter is Emily Atkins. We represent three people. We are one family, the Atkins family. Make sense now? You got an egg. There's three parts to an egg. You got the hard shell. You got the white part. And you got the yolk in the middle of it, the little yolk. You know what I'm talking about? Three parts to an egg, but it's one egg. That's the Trinity of God. God the Father, God the, God the Holy Ghost, God the Spirit, God the Son. You see that this morning? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three in one. It ain't just Jesus. It's all the Trinity together. How do you know that, preacher? I just read it to you right there. I just read it to you. And we got to know what the Bible says so when we're challenged... We know what the commandments of God is. He said for us to be baptized. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12, he says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. I don't know how many is in here this morning, but look around. There's a lot of folks in here. 
All ye that are born again, we're all one body. You may go to different churches. You may believe different things. We, if we sit down and talk for a while, we probably would disagree on some things one way or the other. But we're all in the family of God. That's the reason I tell you, once you visit Vickers one time, you're family after that. Because we're one body. The church over the hill over here, they claim to be born again. They're a different denomination. Guess what? They're part of the body. The church down here is the same way. We're all one body. We're one church serving one God going to one heaven. When we get to heaven, the Lord ain't going to walk us in and go, okay, you're Baptist, you need to be over here. Y'all Pentecostal, you need to go over there. Church of God, go back here. There's not going to be none of that. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one heaven. I hope you're going. Amen. We're commanded to be baptized. In John 3, 5, Jesus said unto Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter in the kingdom of God. It's a commandment that we follow Christ's example this morning and know what he would have for our lives. So not only is baptism for believers, baptism is a commandment. The third one and I'm done. When we look past these two points and realize this is serious, I want you to personally start thinking now. If you follow the example as a believer and you do his commandments, Baptism is also a covenant. He makes a covenant with you. We read it there in the first part of it where he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'll go all the way with you. If you want more of God, I want God to do more in my life, and I need him to trust me, I, I want to do more for him. If he can't trust you with the least little things, how in the world is he going to trust you with bigger things? If you won't do the least little things he's asked you to do, how can you do more for God if you don't do that? If you won't follow his examples by baptism and doing what he's asked you to do, why would he want you to do anything else? I know, folks, Lord, I want to do more for you. I want to be more spirit-filled, God. I, I'd like to sing. I'd like to play a guitar. I, I would just like to do something for you, God. What about baptism? You didn't even follow that example. Why should I put my blessings on you for anything else? I'm telling you, the Lord's wore me out with this. I've been trying to preach this message for a month. And the Lord said, wait. Okay. I get ready for whoa, wait. But this week, I felt the stirring. So that's the reason I'm coming to you. It's a covenant between you and Him. Covenant means a divine promise from God, a binding agreement. That's what baptism represents, a binding agreement. God, I'm going to go down in this water, and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do it by faith. And I want to show the whole world that I'm not ashamed of what you've done for me. That's what it's about. 
but yet we're ashamed. I've had people say, I can't get baptized. My hair dye will run. Shame on you if that's what you're worried about. Somebody will see me. My clothes will stick to me. Hey, we're all made the same way. If it, if it sticks to you, we'll turn our heads. We got robes ordered right now. Hopefully we'll get those in. We won't have to worry about that. I'm telling you, we can make every excuse in the world and the devil will give them to you, but I want to make a covenant. Let me, let me read this to you. In Romans 6, verse 1, listen to this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? The Bible says that grace may abound. God forbid. How shall we that are dead in sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was risen from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also which should walk and the newness of life. Verse six, knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him and that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. When we make this covenant, I don't know, we can walk with him and when sin comes at us, we feel complete in Him like we can take on the world. Lord, I can overcome. I've followed your examples. I've showed the world I'm not ashamed. God, I need your help. And He'll help you. He'll bless you. Because you've stepped forward as a believer. You've followed His commandments. And He's made a covenant with you. Can I tell you this morning, He loves you unconditionally. I'm not telling you if you don't get baptized, you're gonna die and go to hell. There's no Bible to back that whatsoever. We can see the thief on the cross didn't get baptized. I believe he's with God right now because of Jesus' promise. He said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He never seen a drop of water. But you that are here and are able and are able to do it and Christ has commanded you to do it, you ought to do it. Well, the thief got by with it. That's a whole different circumstance. What is your excuse? Do you want God's blessing in your life? Do you want that covenant to be real in your life? Then follow the ways of Christ and follow his example. Do what he commands us to do. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And one portion of that scripture said, ye are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you, we need to listen to the Lord and follow his examples. So I'm asking you today, have you completed your covenant with God? Have you done what the Lord's asked you to do? You Christians, have you done that? But you that are here and are lost, He wants to save you. He wants to make you a new creature. 
And then after you get saved, we'll set a date and we'll take you to the water and you can be baptized. But Christians, we're never gonna prosper in our lives. We're never gonna go further for God until we step forward and make this covenant complete.